Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Coffee Break Spanish Magazine, Season 4, Episode 9. Hola a todos y bienvenidos a Coffee Break Spanish. Yo soy Mark. Y yo soy Anabel. ¿Qué tal, Mark? Todo bien, todo bien. ¿Qué tal tú? Yo muy bien y muy contenta porque en este episodio vamos a Cádiz. ¿A Cádiz? ¿Conoces Cádiz? Conozco Cádiz. Yo no, entonces me gustaría saber más. Ah, oh, pues creo que este texto viene lleno de información. Lleno de información, perfecto. It's full of information about Cádiz. Cádiz, uh, a city in the south of Spain, and we're going to find out more about Cádiz in today's text. Now, as ever, we'll be going through the text in detail after you've heard it first. But for now, let's continue with the text and we'll have a listen to Marina, who's going to read it for us now. Vamos a ver. Hola, ¿qué tal estáis, Mark y Anabel? Yo estoy muy contenta porque hoy vamos a hablar de una de mis ciudades favoritas. Vamos allá. Siglos de historia en Cádiz. ¿Sabes cuál es la ciudad más antigua de Europa? Fundada por los fenicios en 1100 a.C. con el nombre de Gadir, Cádiz es una de las abuelas de Occidente. A ella se le pueden unir Atenas en Grecia o Sofía en Bulgaria. Su estratégica posición, que permitía acceso al Atlántico y al Mediterráneo, la convirtió en una capital comercial codiciada y de gran valor político. Durante el Imperio Romano llegó a ser la segunda ciudad más poblada. No obstante, con la caída de los romanos pasó a manos visigodas, después musulmanas, y terminó siendo reconquistada por Alfonso X el Sabio en 1262. De hecho, bajo el poder de la corona de Castilla, el puerto de Cádiz desempeñó un papel crucial para la llegada al Nuevo Mundo. Incluso tuvo el monopolio comercial con las Américas. Consiguió ser una urbe tan importante que llegó incluso a ser atacada por los piratas Barbarroja y Francis Drake. Solo este último pudo saquearla con éxito. Pero eso no es todo. A principios del siglo XIX, durante la invasión de Napoleón, los políticos españoles buscaron asilo en Cádiz, 
fue allí precisamente donde se redactó la primera Constitución Española en 1812, también conocida como la Pepa. Este nombre tan peculiar se debe a que fue aprobada el 19 de marzo, el Día de San José. En esta Constitución se recogían leyes como la libertad de prensa y la abolición de la Inquisición de la Iglesia Católica. Como se puede ver, esta ciudad costera ha sido la protagonista de muchos eventos históricos, pero todavía hay más por descubrir. ¿No te interesa saber más? Pues ahora sé un poco más de Cádiz. Mm -hmm. Una ciudad muy interesante. And I have to also stress that the, the stress of Cadiz, the pronunciation of Cadiz, I think native English speakers very often think it's Cadiz, yeah. but it's not, it's Cadiz. Mm -hmm. Así es, Cadiz. Cadiz. Okay, let's go through our text now. We'll talk about all the interesting grammar points and uh, vocabulary points as we go through each sentence. ¿Sabes cuál es la ciudad más antigua de Europa? So, do you know which is the city most old of Europe? Do you know which is the oldest city in Europe? Now, we've got cuál here, and it's a, a useful question word because it means which, which one of a range. Cuál es la ciudad más antigua de Europa? Now, the range here is all the cities of Europe. And so, of all of these cities, which one is the most old or the oldest? When would we use que in this kind of situation? We can use que when it's um, a smaller range, like when it's a que te gusta más, el té or el café. Okay, so que te gusta más, which one do you prefer more, uh, tea or coffee, té or café. So it's a small range there. But when we've got this wide range of all the possibilities, then we'll use cual, meaning which one. Yes, unless we have a noun following it. Then we can ask the same question and say, ¿sabes qué ciudad? Es la más antigua de Europa. Exactly. So there, because it's followed by a noun, qué ciudad, we use qué. But when it's cuál, just on its own, cuál is a pronoun, cuál es la ciudad más antigua de Europa, which is the oldest city in Europe. Well, do you know which is the oldest city in Europe? I wonder if we can guess. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> Fundada por los fenicios en 1100 Cristo con el nombre de Gadir, Cádiz es una de las abuelas de Occidente. So, fundada por los fenicios. It was founded, and it's the feminine form there because we're talking about la ciudad. So, fundada por los fenicios by the Phoenicians, los fenicios, en 1100 a.C. So, this is 1100, literally here, antes de Cristo, before Christ, or BCE, under the name, con el nombre de Gadir, under the name of Gadir, Cádiz es una de las abuelas de Occidente. It's one of the grandmothers of the West. It's a very old city. A ella se le pueden unir Atenas, en Grecia, o Sofía, en Bulgaria. Right, so a ella, to her, literally, because we're talking about la ciudad, to it, se le pueden unir, can be joined, can be added, Atenas, Athens, en Grecia, en Greece, o Sofía, en Bulgaria, Sofía, en Bulgaria. Su estratégica posición, que permitía acceso al Atlántico y al Mediterráneo, la convirtió en una capital comercial 
codiciada y de gran valor político. Okay, su estratégica posición. Now, looking at this or listening to this, we can work out quite clearly that this is its strategic position. But, Anabel, why we, we would normally see adjectives coming after the noun in, in Spanish, wouldn't we? Yes, and we can also say su posición estratégica. So, what's the effect of putting estratégica before the noun here? This doesn't happen with all the adjectives, but with some of them, you can put them before the noun just to put it like um to make it some more elegant. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it does sound quite quite elegant. Su estratégica posición. Mm -hmm. It's a strategic position, and then we get more information about this. Que permitía acceso al Atlántico y al Mediterráneo. So it allowed, permitted access to the Atlantic y al Mediterráneo and to the Mediterranean. La convirtió en una capital comercial codiciada. So it converted it. And that's the la, of course, referring back to the ciudad. La convirtió en una capital comercial codiciada. It converted it into a, a, a commercial capital which was coveted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, when, when something is uh, codiciada, it's coveted. So it's uh, everyone wants to be it, as it were. Exactly. Y de gran valor político and of great political value. Durante el Imperio Romano llegó a ser la segunda ciudad más poblada. So, during the Roman Empire, durante el, el Imperio Romano, llegó a ser, it became, and that's, I always think people over-translate llegó a ser, llegar a ser, it just means to become, literally to arrive to be, it reaches the point of being. Yes. Um, so, it became la segunda ciudad más poblada, it became the second most populous city. And with uh, be, to become, llegar a ser, we only need to, to conjugate the first verb. Of course, yeah. So, llegar a ser, here it's in the preterite form, llegó a ser. No obstante, con la caída de los romanos, pasó a manos visigodas, después musulmanas, y terminó siendo reconquistada por Alfonso X el Sabio en 1262. More numbers. I, I love all this practice of numbers with these dates. So, no obstante, however, con la caída de los romanos, uh, with the fall of the Romans, pasó a manos visigodas. So, it passed into Visigothic hands. Después musulmanas, then Muslim hands, y terminó siendo reconquistada, and it ended up being, uh, or eventually was reconquered, por Alfonso X, so that's by Alfonso X, uh, el sabio, the wise, Alfonso X, the wise, or something yes. like that, yeah? <laughs> en uh, uh, 1262, in 1262. De hecho, bajo el poder de la corona de Castilla, el puerto de Cádiz desempeñó un papel crucial para la llegada al nuevo mundo. Right, so de hecho, in fact, Bajo el poder de la corona de Castilla, under the power of the, the crown of Castile, el puerto de Cádiz, the port of Cádiz, desempeñó un papel crucial. It played a crucial role para la llegada al nuevo mundo, literally for the arrival to the new world, so in reaching the new world. Incluso tuvo el monopolio comercial con las Américas. So, incluso always means 
something is going to even be the case. So, incluso tuvo el monopolio, it even had the, the monopoly, el monopolio comercial, the trade monopoly, con las Américas, with the Américas. Consiguió ser una urbe tan importante que llegó incluso a ser atacada por los piratas Barbarroja y Francis Drake. Solo este último pudo saquearla con éxito. Ok, now we possibly have to be a little bit careful with this part of the sentence here. Let's, let's look at it. Consiguió ser una urbe tan importante. It managed to become uh, una urbe. is like una ciudad. It's a, a Latin word for meaning town or uh, city. So una urbe tan importante. It became such an important city que llegó incluso, another incluso, a ser atacada that it even became or resulted in being attacked por los piratas Barbarroja y Francis Drake. So by the pirates, Barbarossa and Francis Drake, we'll come back to that in a second, solo este último pudo saquearla con éxito, but only the latter, the person we've mentioned most recently, Francis Drake, uh, was able to uh, sack it, saquearla, so to sack a city um, con éxito successfully. Now, there perhaps is a little bit of controversy as to whether Sir Francis Drake was a uh, a hero or a pirate, I guess it depends what side you were on at the time. Um, we are not going to enter that discussion here. All we're looking at here is the Spanish language, and that's why we're looking at this text for some practice. So we'll find out more about Cadiz after our break. If you'd like to take your Coffee Break magazine experience further, why not consider our online course version, which includes additional materials to help you build your knowledge of the language through lesson notes, additional explanations, vocabulary lists and transcripts to accompany each episode. Like all our online courses, the magazine course is available on the Coffee Break Academy. Just head to coffeebreaklanguages.com magazine where you'll find all the information you need. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pues estamos de vuelta y hoy estamos hablando de Cádiz. So let's find out a little more about Cádiz. Pero eso no es todo. So previously we had been talking about the sacking of Cádiz, um, pero eso no es todo. But that's not all. A principios del siglo XIX, durante la invasión de Napoleón, los políticos españoles buscaron asilo en Cádiz. Okay, so al prin a principios, at the beginning del siglo XIX, of the 19th century. And if you're reading this, you'll notice that el siglo XIX is written in Roman numerals. That's very typical. So it's got XIX for the Roman numerals for 19. Durante la invasión de Napoleón, during Napoleon's invasion, los políticos españoles, Spanish politicians, buscaron asilo. So they, they sought asylum in Cádiz. In Cádiz. Fue allí, precisamente, donde se redactó la primera Constitución española en 1812, también conocida como la Pepa. Ok, fue allí, it was there, precisamente, precisely, it was right there, donde se redactó la primera Constitución española, where the first Spanish Constitution was drawn up, donde se redactó. En uh, 1812, en 1812, también conocida como la Pepa. It was also known as la Pepa. Este nombre tan peculiar se debe a que fue aprobada el 19 de marzo, el día de San José. Okay, this is, this is quite funny because I think um, to our learner of Spanish, it doesn't actually seem like an explanation. I know, I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll explain But it. There, there's an explanation. <laughs> Este nombre tan peculiar, this, such a, a peculiar name, se debe, uh, can be, uh, or owes itself, or is due, a que fue aprobada, to the fact that it was approved el 19 de marzo, the 19th of March, el día de San José, on the day of St. Joseph. So, Annabel, what on earth uh, justification <laughs> does that give us to calling the Constitution La Pepa? Because José, in a um, charming way of calling a José, is Pepe. Mm -hmm. So um, José is the masculine form, but you can also have uh, Josefa. Uh -huh. And um, calling a Josefa in a, yeah, just in, in a familiar in, way. Yes, yeah. in a familiar way will be Pepa. And since it's a constitution, constitución, it's feminine, uh -huh. it was used the feminine form of it. So la Pepa. So uh, a, a, a kind of diminutive form of uh, uh, Joseph or Josefa um, would become Pepe or Pepa. So now you know. En esta constitución se recogían leyes como la libertad de prensa y la abolición de la Inquisición de la Iglesia Católica. Right. So en esta constitución, so in this constitution, se recogían leyes, were gathered laws, so it included laws, como la libertad de prensa, like the freedom of the press, 
y la abolición de la Inquisición de la Iglesia Católica. Um, and so that's the abolition of the Catholic Church's Inquisition. Como se puede ver, esta ciudad costera ha sido la protagonista de muchos eventos históricos, pero todavía hay más por descubrir. Ok, como se puede ver, as one can see, as can be seen, esta ciudad costera, this coastal city, ha sido la pro protagonista, has been the protagonist de muchos eventos históricos, of many historical events. Pero todavía hay más por descubrir, but there's still more to discover. Now, just before we finish this text, because there's only one sentence left, I want to look at this hay más por descubrir. What other situations do we use por in, in that kind of idea? Hay más por hacer? Mm -hmm. Hay más por hacer, hay más por ver. Uh, especially if you are um, in a new city, they're going to tell you, oh no, hay más, más por visitar. Mm -hmm. So why would we not use que? Oh, the difference between hay más que ver o hay más por ver, it's about the obligation that uh, that thing has. So here, you're not obligated yeah. to, to find out, <laughs> but we recommend it. Okay. So we, we came across this in our travel diaries most recently in our Latin American travel diaries, and we saw this exact uh, idea when we were talking about hay más por descubrir, hay más por ver, hay más por visitar. And it's a really good to remind yourself that if you say hay más que ver, hay más uh, que visitar, you're kind of saying that you really need to go and see all of these things. Whereas if it's just por, then it's there as an option. You can choose to do it or not. Exactly. So, uh, there is still more to discover. ¿No te interesa saber más? Are you not interested in finding out more? ¿No te interesa saber más? Okay. Well, I am definitely interested in finding out more about Cádiz. I'd love to go to Cádiz. Um, and uh, while I think about that, let's listen to the text again. Siglos de historia en Cádiz. ¿Sabes cuál es la ciudad más antigua de Europa? Fundada por los fenicios en 1100 a.C. con el nombre de Gadir, Cádiz es una de las abuelas de Occidente. A ella se le pueden unir Atenas en Grecia o Sofía en Bulgaria. Su estratégica posición que permitía acceso al Atlántico y al Mediterráneo, la convirtió en una capital comercial codiciada y de gran valor político. Durante el Imperio Romano llegó a ser la segunda ciudad más poblada. No obstante, con la caída de los romanos pasó a manos visigodas, después musulmanas, y terminó siendo reconquistada por Alfonso X el Sabio, en 1262. De hecho, bajo el poder de la corona de Castilla, el puerto de Cádiz desempeñó un papel crucial para la llegada al Nuevo Mundo. Incluso tuvo el monopolio comercial con las Américas. Consiguió ser una urbe tan importante que llegó incluso a ser atacada por los piratas Barbarroja y Francis Drake. Solo este último pudo saquearla con éxito. Pero eso no es todo. A principios del siglo XIX, durante la invasión de Napoleón, los políticos españoles buscaron asilo en Cádiz. Fue allí, precisamente, donde se redactó la primera Constitución Española 
en 1812, también conocida como la Pepa. Este nombre tan peculiar se debe a que fue aprobada el 19 de marzo, el Día de San José. En esta Constitución se recogían leyes como la libertad de prensa y la abolición de la Inquisición de la Iglesia Católica. Como se puede ver, esta ciudad costera ha sido la protagonista de muchos eventos históricos, pero todavía hay más por descubrir. ¿No te interesa saber más? We just have time before this episode finishes for the guinda del pastel. Y como siempre, decimos hola a Marina. ¿Cómo estás, Marina? Hola, Mark. Muy bien. ¿Tú qué tal estás? Muy bien. ¿Y pues qué tienes para nosotros hoy, Marina? Pues hoy tengo una nueva expresión, ser del año de la pera. Now I recognize this because uh, last year we used this as one of our Instagram images. Uh, we do a series of, of Instagram uh, expressions and, and idioms and this is Spanish uh, expression that made it into our Instagram account. So it means uh, that something is very old, ser del año de la pera, to be from the year of the pear. Exacto. Cuando decimos que algo es del año de la pera, nos estamos refiriendo a que es muy antiguo. Can you give us an example of this? Sí, podríamos decir, este vestido era de mi abuela. Es del año de la pera. So this dress is uh, one of my grandmothers. Era de mi abuela. It was my grandmother's. Es del año de la pera. Literally, it is from the year of the pear, um, but it's very, very old. It's, it's from the year dot, I think we could say in, in English. Marina, we've been looking into the, the origins of this, and it's a little tricky because there are some different possibilities. Yes, because if you think about the literal, like, word by word, ser del año de la pera, it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. what, what is the year of the pear? What's that all about? <laughs> pues hay distintas versiones y distintas opiniones. El primer origen que he encontrado relacionado con esta, con esta expresión eh, tiene que ver con la perilla que es la barba que se dejaban los, los señores en la punta de la barbilla. Yeah, we, we call this a goatee in English, a, a goatee beard. So this is the little beard. I guess it looks like a little pear yeah. um, at the bottom of your chin. Um, and these were the, the, the gentlemen from the, the past um, who, who grew this beard. Yeah, that's it, because it's a little bit like something old-fashioned. They relate it to something very old. Yeah, although I guess it's it's much more fashionable now than, yeah. than it was. <laughs> Probably. Okay, now I found a, another possibility. And this, in this case, the pera referred to uh, basically something, again, that looked a little bit like a pear in terms of its shape. But it was the bulb uh, used in, in old houses. Ah, claro, como la forma de una bombilla, ¿no? Yeah, exactly. So it was this type of light that there was in, in, in old houses and uh, they were known as peras because of their, their shape. So possibly um, this, this could be linked back to that. Yeah, and there's a third one that is very popular and it's like the, the one that they accept the most que mm -hmm. está relacionada con un personaje histórico que aparece en el Quijote. Okay, so Don Quixote, a famous work of Spanish literature, and there is a character 
uh, in there whose name is Perot Perot Rocaguinarda and because they say Perot if you shorten the name they call them Pera Pera okay mm -hmm. so if you were from the year of uh, the Pera or if you were the from the year of Perot we're talking about um, well, things that happened a long time ago in, in uh, Quixote, um, certainly a few centuries ago. Um, so if you're from the year of the pair, then perhaps that's the reference that uh, is, is, who knows, the, the, the actual reason why we talk about Ser del Año de la Pera now. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Well, we will leave you there. Muchas gracias, como siempre, Marina. Muchas gracias a ti. And as ever, try to use this expression in some way in your Spanish speaking or writing this coming week. Until the next time, hasta la próxima. Nos vemos. Pues muchas gracias. Gracias a ti, a Marina y a los oyentes. Perfecto. Don't forget that if you'd like to find out more about Coffee Break Spanish, you can visit coffeebreakspanish.com and you'll find out everything you need to know there. We offer a full course version of this uh, particular course, so you can access the lesson notes, the vocabulary lists, and the exercises all on the Coffee Break Academy. That's at coffeebreakacademy.com. And we are also on social media. You can find us on Facebook in Coffee Break Spanish and also Coffee Break Languages on Instagram. That is it for this episode. And we'll be back next time with the final episode in the series. Anabel, what's happening next time? Oh, next time we are going to talk about el maíz. El maíz. So a foodstuff that is very important in many cultures, both Spanish-speaking and elsewhere. For now, we'll leave it there. Muchísimas gracias y hasta la próxima. Adiós. You have been listening to a Coffee Break Languages production for the Radiolingua Network. Copyright 2022, Radiolingua Limited. Recording copyright 2022, Radiolingua Limited. All rights reserved. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.